0: Since this is Thanksgiving week, I wanted to take a break from true crime stories, something that's not so heavy. So I have two stories I'm going to tell you about for this episode, two stories where nobody dies. The first story is about a monkey on the loose in Bakersfield. The other story is about a couple trying to get from their house in Arvin to Kern General Hospital, trying to make it to the hospital in time for their baby to be born. I'm always surprised when I come across old stories in the Bakersfield Californian about people who had monkeys as pets. Surprisingly, these stories aren't uncommon. Today, it's illegal to keep monkeys, apes, primates, and other exotic animals as pets. I'm not sure when these laws were enacted, but I've run across several stories from the 1950s, 60s, and 70s where a pet monkey is involved. This is one of them. On November 19, 1962, Animal Warden O.A. Francis was dispatched to the AC Electric Company at 601 34th Street. The call was received as a small monkey running loose in the company's large warehouse. To give you a perspective of this location, where AC Electric used to be is now occupied by a new multi-story building constructed to house, Clinica Sierra Vista. When Warden Francis arrived on scene, the monkey was on the second story of the facility. He identified the primate as what is commonly known as a squirrel monkey. Its native habitats are jungles and tropical forests, not Bakersfield. Warden Francis estimated this particular squirrel monkey weighed about a pound and a half. So, pretty small. Its coloring was red and gray. Francis enlisted the help of seven AC Electric employees... The men pursued the small monkey throughout the facility. It eluded capture by climbing the I-beams that supported the warehouse roof. Then it swung from the rafters high above the floor. At one point, the men thought they got it cornered, but the monkey managed to jump out an open upper window. They thought they lost it, but the monkey jumped back inside after a few minutes. The monkey eventually came back down to ground level. The men chased it under a workbench. Warden Francis moved his pole snare near the animal. Its curiosity got the best of it. When the monkey grabbed the rope portion of the snare for closer inspection, it poked its own head through the loop. That's when Francis was able to tighten the rope and capture the monkey. Warden Francis said he wasn't going to take any chances with this elusive monkey. He recounted an experience he had with another monkey a couple of years prior. He said that monkey was destructive and vicious. It destroyed the interior of a car, then ran rampant through a home tearing up furniture and clothing. At one point, that animal showed its teeth and attacked Warden Francis. The warden was relieved that this monkey turned out to be more friendly. He said it was eating well at the shelter, eating grapes and apples while it waits for their owner to claim it. Francis said if nobody claims the primate, Animal Control will eventually auction it off. There was no follow-up to the story in the Bakersfield, California, and so I don't know if the owner ever claimed the monkey or if the animal control auctioned it off. So, But, yeah, it's surprising. I've, I've run across several stories where uh, a pet monkey is involved. In. in fact, another story that I read, a monkey was responsible for burning a house down. Try explaining that to your insurance company. When I read about this next incident in the Bakersfield Californian, it made me smile. I hope it has the same effect on you. On a cold January night in 1974, a very pregnant Linda Osborne and her husband James went to bed. They lived in the 500 block of Stewart Street in Arvin. The couple had only been asleep a few hours when Linda nudged her husband awake. She told him she thought it was time. This baby would be James and Linda's second child, so they were prepared. They knew what to do. Living in Arvin, so far away from Kern General Hospital, they had to be ready to go at a moment's notice, even if it was three o'clock in the morning. Excited, James bound out of bed. He pulled on his pants and slipped on his shoes. If he wasn't already fully awake when he rushed out the front door, the cold early morning temperature surely helped fully awaken him. He got in the car and started it. He let it idle to warm while he went back inside to get his wife. James grabbed the suitcase, held Linda by her arm as she waddled to the running vehicle. The dutiful husband helped Linda into the front seat. He jumped behind the wheel, put the car in gear, and they headed off to Kern General Hospital. The couple had just gotten out of Arvin when their vehicle sputtered to a stop. They were in the middle of nowhere, but James could see a drilling rig just off the highway. James told Linda to sit tight in the car. He was going to run over to the drilling rig to see if one of the workers could help them out. He found a willing oil-filled worker to give them a hand. This worker told James to jump in his pickup. The two drove to the disabled car. The two men got Linda out of the car and into the Good Samaritan's pickup. This oil-filled worker, James, and a very pregnant, very uncomfortable Linda were all jammed into the cab of this pickup. Off they went to Kern General Hospital. When the oil-filled worker turned off of Comanche Road and onto Highway 178, The pickup began to sputter. It was running out of gas. Again, James and Linda Osborne were stranded on the side of the road. But to everyone's relief, they saw headlights coming towards them from Bakersfield. The two men flagged down the motorist and explained the situation. The driver of this other car told the men he had just passed a CHP patrol car on the shoulder. He'd go back to notify the CHP. After about 10 to 15 minutes, the CHP car was pulling up to the broken-down pickup on the side of 178. CHP officers Bob Bradford and Bob Burdick encountered the pregnant woman and a very frantic man. The man was hysterical. He kept saying, hurry up! It's almost here! Hurry up! Officers Bradford and Burdick loaded the couple into the back of their patrol car. The CHP car raced to the hospital. They arrived at Kern General Hospital on Mount Vernon at 4.05 a.m. Linda Osborne gave birth to the baby 12 minutes later, while still on a gurney in a hallway of the emergency room. It was about this time when everyone realized a serious mistake had been made. That hysterical man the officers brought to the hospital with Linda was the oil field worker, the good Samaritan who gave them the ride. James Osborne, Linda's husband and the baby's father, was left stranded on the side of Highway 178. Don't worry, James was able to hitchhike to the hospital to see his newborn baby boy. Unfortunately, the Bakersfield Californian didn't publish the baby's name or the oilfield worker's name. I do hope Linda and James name their baby boy after that man. (laughs) This is Robert Peterson. I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving holiday. I'll be back next week, next Tuesday, with another notorious Bakersfield story. Happy Thanksgiving.